Thank you for tuning in to the Mindful Babes podcast. I'm your host, Valerie Adams, mindset coach, entrepreneur, and manifestation enthusiast. I am obsessed with supporting you in living the life of your dreams. Each week, I'll be providing you with a quick bite of mind food so you can live the life that you were put on this planet to live. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Let's dive in. Welcome to... This, it's going to be a vulnerable episode of the podcast because this is something that I've wanted to share about for a while and it's very integrated, meaning it's something that I feel very embodied in. I feel like I've really healed from this. And at the same time, I got to be honest with you because if you have ever experienced panic attacks before then you probably know that they're kind of like a a lifetime thing. And once you've had one before, there's always that kind of option and that knowing in your mind that, oh, it could happen again. And so as I'm recording this, there's been a fear that I've had of, oh my gosh, what if I record this and then I jinx it and I have a panic attack while I'm driving today or something like that. And I've just really prayed on it and I just get to share exactly what has helped me heal. And I know that me sharing my experience, it might support someone. It might help somebody who maybe is experiencing panic attacks now. And maybe me sharing my journey will help give you some peace, help give you some ideas and just give you that hope that it doesn't have to be like a life sentence thing. And that you can get to a place where you're able to do the things you love doing that maybe panic attacks have gotten in the, in the way. So I'm going to be sharing about my journey with in 2022, having a panic attack while driving and how that changed everything for me and also my healing journey. And of course, I want to preface by saying I'm not a medical professional. I'm not giving any medical advice or anything like this. Um, I'm just really sharing my experience and my journey. And what I know to be true about having panic attacks is that when you're having one, it just really feels like it's so hard to articulate, but like, it really feels like you need to like get out of wherever you are or leave, or just, it can feel like you're going to die. It can feel like you're going to faint. I want to start with kind of my journey and how this happened. So the day that everything really shifted for me was back in May, 2022. And this is when I had like the panic attack and you know, you have, if you've had panic attacks before, you've also probably had a lot of false alarm panic attacks where basically they never happened, but you really thought something was going to happen. Like it felt like it was going to happen. Then you were able to bring yourself down or calm yourself down or someone helped you. And that had really happened to me a lot. Um, so I will even take you back to when I first remember feeling what I now know was the sensation of a panic attack coming on. And I remember it starting in 2016, back when I was 26. And I remember I had gotten a new job at my dream company at the time. And this was obviously before I was an entrepreneur. And I remember the company would have these like big 
meetings where it was like 200 people and everyone would be in a small space and there would be rows of chairs where it would be like 20 chairs in a row. And I remember being in one of those meetings and I was in a chair like toward the middle and I started to feel while they were presenting really lightheaded. And I felt like, oh my gosh, I think I'm going to faint. I think I'm going to throw up. How am I going to get out of here? And I remember just looking around and feeling sensations of panic where it felt like, how am I going to get out of these, like away from all these people? Like, you know, that would be so embarrassing. Everyone's looking at the front, watching this person present. And that would just be so disruptive. If I were to get up, what am I going to do? And it was, it was even me feeling like, how would I leave? That even made it feel worse. That even made it feel scarier where I couldn't find an exit. I couldn't see an exit. And so it was almost like tripping myself out. And so then I remember when we would have those meetings, I, I remembered, okay, Valerie, you can't sandwich yourself and be in the middle. Like you have to find a way to get to the meeting last and sit in a chair. That's like on the very end at the very back row. So if you need to leave, you could, and that really helped me. And I remember even at this job too, like when there would be meetings with like I don't know if like the VP of sales would come to a meeting or it was like the quote unquote important people because I worked on recruiting internally with the company I was working at. And so I'd have to meet with, you know, our uh, like sales director or whatever. And it was almost like I would trip myself up where I'd be like, okay, this meeting is important and you have to pay attention. And like, oh my gosh, now you're feeling lightheaded. What are you going to do? You can't just get up and leave when these important people are in the room. What are you going to do? And it was, it always came back to me feeling like if I didn't have a clear, easy exit, that's when I noticed that I would start to feel panic. And so I would say it was around 2021 where I felt this while driving. So before it really hadn't happened with driving, but pretty much the sensation was, me driving on like a freeway, for example, or it would be a really big trigger would be if I was driving on a freeway and there was construction happening and there would be like barricades that they would put. Um, let's say it was the slow lane and there'd be barricades they would put where there's nowhere to pull over if I needed to. And again, that's always been the big trigger is like, if I needed to, if I can't just exit or leave or step outside, that's when the panic would set in. So with driving, it was like, oh my gosh, here I'm driving. And now there's this construction, these barricades where there's no shoulder to pull over into if I needed to. And now I'm panicked. And that would really set me off. Um, and I would get these sensations where I would feel like I was lightheaded and even you thinking you're lightheaded, even you being like, oh my gosh, I feel lightheaded. It can make it a lot worse because now your, your full attention and focus is onto that. And it's like, you're all the blood's rushing to you. And I would start to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm going to faint. Even if I wasn't, you know, like low blood sugar or anything like that, it was like, did not make sense, but it was this feeling of I'm controlling a vehicle where if I were to crash or some, if I were to fall asleep or if I were to just pass out, I could hurt people or hurt myself. And that, then it became this pressure of 
driving is hard. Oh my gosh, I have such a big responsibility on my hands. I have to drive perfectly and it would create this pressure and then that would happen. But then I would be able to snap out of it. So back then it's like, I would just call Ryan, my boyfriend and be like, I'm feeling lightheaded. And he'd be like, just breathe, babe. And I'd be like, oh, okay. And it would just pass. Or I would do something to wake up my other senses. So this is also good when you're starting to like have anxiety and freak out. Something that's helped me is focusing on just touching things to like activate your touch sense. And so I would just start touching like my yoga pants and tuning into the fabric of like, oh, it feels so buttery and soft. Like, oh, it's pilling and feel that. And then like feel the steering wheel and feel the, the like rope on the steer, you know, the binding of the steering wheel, like underneath. And I would feel that. And then I'd start rubbing the ceiling of my car. And I know you're, you might be hearing this and be like this, this woman's <laughs> like, whoa, that's a lot going on there. But when you are in a state of panic, you need stuff like that to anchor you down and bring you back down to earth because you're in, you're on another planet in terms of your fear, like you're no longer in logic. And so those things kind of helped me. And then it would just always pass. And I knew that in my head, I was like, oh yeah, you're in the back of my head. I was like, oh yeah, you're just having this wave of panic, but you're going to be fine. Until one day I wasn't fine. So on this day, it was May, I think May 13th, 2022. And I had, I was driving a, a lot that day um, on freeways and I needed to be somewhere at a certain time. And it was like an important family matter. And I remember like having a lot of stress on myself about, okay, did I do everything I needed to prepare for this family matter to get like, paperwork in? And are they going to test me for COVID? Okay. Um, what am I going to do if I, if they try to, you know, like I did this $200 COVID test and oh my gosh, what if the results, what if it's the wrong paper and just all this pressure on myself. And then once I got to the area, like once I got to where I needed to go, everything of course was fine, but I had really worked myself up. So this was an all day thing that I needed to be at. And then at the end of it, it's like 8.30 at night. And I know that I'm going to need to drive another hour and a half to get back to Orange County where we were living at the time. And I ate at, this is so funny. So my first job ever was at Chili's. And I've just always had an affinity for Chili's just ever since I worked there. I, I probably eat there once every three years, very rarely, but I just get a lot of these like fun memories every time I go into a Chili's. If you've been in a Chili's, you know what I'm talking about. They have like the decorations are the same in every restaurant. It just kind of brought me back. Like I love all the colors and just the food is so good. The chips, all that. So I'm there eating with my mom and just eating all these things, like having a great time reliving the high school days and comes time where I get to drive back to orange County. And I go, I'm feeling a little tired and I know I don't want to feel panicked. If I feel tired, that can get in my head. So drinking caffeine is not the answer because it's like 8.30 at night, but I think I need some sugar. So I tell the server, I go, hey, I have a drive I'm going to do and I need to, like, what's something that will help perk me up, like something with sugar. And he's like, oh, we have this like pink lemonade and I can mix it with the gill and it's so good. Oh, so he brings one over to me and I drink it and I feel this 
you know, surge of energy. And I'm like, oh, okay, perfect. I have the boost I need. Thanks. So I drop my mom off to her house and then I start driving back to Orange County and it's dark and I'm on the freeway and I'm already feeling a little like, oh, I'm feeling that pressure feeling again. I'm feeling tense. And then I'm probably like 15 minutes into the drive. I'm freaking out at this point. I'm absolutely feeling very lightheaded. This is feeling different than past panic attacks where I go, no, this is actually the time I'm going to die. Like I can't really drive. And then as I'm feeling this, guess what happens? I get to a point in the freeway where there's construction and the shoulder to pull over is blocked off for like miles. So my, not only am I already feeling this fear, the trigger happens where, oh my gosh, there's nowhere to pull over because of the barricades, they, the concrete barricades they put on the road. It's dark. I'm going to die. I'm going to faint and die. And my vision started getting blurred. I'm on the phone with Ryan. I'm screaming. And I finally, I, I'm at this point where I literally felt like I am actually dying. I finally somehow, by the grace of God, I'm able to pull over. When Once the construction ended, I finally get to a place where I'm able to pull over. It's very dark. And you know, I'm just completely freaking out. And Ryan goes, okay, let me call our friends who are in San Diego where I was and get them to pick you up. And maybe one of them can drive your car back to their house. And I'm going to Uber down from Orange County to San Diego, which is about an hour and a half and come get you. And so I'm just uncontrollably crying, like so freaked out in the car. I'm, you know, sitting there by myself, pulled off, hoping, oh my gosh, I hope I'm safe. I mean, at that point, I'm just grateful to be alive. And my, you know, a a cop comes, he's like, are you okay? And he's like, can you at least like, we can follow you, you know? uh, And I told him I had a panic attack while driving and he goes, oh, okay. Can you just like the exit is up there? Can you just drive off the exit and we'll follow you? And I was like, I cannot operate a car right now. No. So I just sit there. My friends come, they drive my car back. Ryan ends up (laughs) Ubering down and it takes three hours for him to get what normally would be an hour and a half, three hours. It's like a 400 something dollar Uber. It was a big mess. So anyway, from that experience, it was very traumatic and scary and a very big low from that experience. I decided I can't drive. I can never drive again. Holy crap. I that almost happened. I almost died. If I wouldn't have pulled over in time, I would have like fainted and died. So this was the beginning of a really low time in my life, I would say, where it it just, my world got really small. I created an association of I'm a danger on the road. I shouldn't drive. Even though, you know, this happens at age 32 and I've been driving since age 16, where I would drive like 10 hours by myself. The college I went to, I went to Chico State, which is about two hours north of Sacramento, Northern California. I would drive there from San Diego, which is a 10 hour drive, sometimes by myself on all these freeways through all different types of weather, construction zones. Like sometimes it would, it would snow randomly, nothing crazy, obviously in California, like all, all these times I've driven that just went out the window where I'm like, yeah, I can't drive anymore. And 
it was just a really sad time in my life because my world got really small. I was terrified to drive. I would say it was a phobia. I didn't, I would not drive anywhere. Like I wouldn't even drive around the block. I would never drive to the store or anything. I became completely dependent on Ryan driving me places. And because I work from home for myself and so does Ryan, you know, there weren't really a ton of places I need to, I needed to go because my work could be done. Um, my dad at the time lived like 15 minutes away. So he would pick me up if I was doing something with him or going to his house. And, and, and if I was meeting up with friends, I'd be like, Oh, can you please come and get me? And I even would say no to social plans because I'd be like, you know, oh, this person wants to meet up and they live in San Diego. And how would I get down there? And, you know, that would be a lot for Ryan to drive. So never mind. Or sometimes Ryan would, I would ask him and he'd go, that's, you know, a whole day of me stepping away from work. That's a lot. And so anyway, I just basically went into this kind of like cocoon hole where I just was like, okay, I guess this is just, you know, I can walk places, I can get rides, but I'm just not driving. And again, it felt very sad. I felt my world felt a lot smaller and I felt embarrassed. I felt like I was regressing in life. Like I felt like, shouldn't I be growing? But here I am going, it felt like going backwards. And I was in a lot of judgment of myself. And so at the time I was in a mastermind, a high level mastermind. And my mentor at the time, she worked with an amazing healer and she just multiple times would say, you know, Valerie, obviously I'm supporting you with your business growth. And I'm, you know, she did a lot of personal growth herself. And she's like, you have trauma that you get to heal. And even if it's outside of the driving stuff, like you really get to prioritize working with someone to help you heal. Like we all need it. And she had said it before and it was kind of like, yeah, great. Yeah. Maybe one. Oh yeah, sure. I'll look into that. And she brought it up probably like two or three more times. And I've thanked her for this <laughs> multiple times where I'm like, thank you for taking a stand for me and continuing to bring something up when you saw I wasn't taking action on it, but you knew how much I needed it. Like, thank you. So anyway, I start working with my still healer. So this is September 22. And right now I'm recording this December, 2023. I'm still working with her name is Valeria. Maritza, I think I never know how to say her last name. I'll need to ask. Um, I've been working with her in a one-on-one -on -one container since September, 2022. I'm still working with her. I'm renewing, um, with her to be for another like six months that in February I'm renewing early. So I'm going to be with her. It'll be at two years, um, this coming September. And, I start working with her for my healing. And it's not even at this point when I'm working with her, it's not even so much for the driving stuff because here's the thing. The issue is never the issue. So the actual issue wasn't, oh my gosh, I can't drive. The actual issue was, well, what is the root cause of this? Because it's not just, oh, you have panic attacks, unlucky you, no there's always a root cause. So right away, when I start working with Valeria, we do a lot of deep work, a lot of healing relationships with 
you know, my mom, my dad, and this is all me healing within myself because you can completely heal and transform a relationship without the other person. I think that's something that a lot of people really hold themselves back around as they are so fixed on like, oh, well, my mom will never change. My dad will never change. My, my sister will never change. My brother will never change. And so they don't further lean into healing. But what I have lived multiple times over is that when I heal myself, I heal my family because even if they're not participating, they still are going to heal as a result of me healing. And we're here right now on this planet, in my opinion, to change things. Like we are here, we are alive for a reason. And so it's up to you to change your lineage. Like, I'm sorry if you were brought up in a household that wasn't loving, wasn't kind, or you were, things were modeled to you that you've had to be in therapy and try to unlearn, um, especially with like money stuff, right? I know that's a big thing for a lot of us entrepreneurs is that we have our businesses and we create money from people working with us, from people choosing us as their mentors, from people, you know, doing programs that we create and you've got to also heal your relationship with money and a lot of money mindset programs, which I've done a ton. They all, you always start with, okay, well, what did I learn growing up about money? Because from age zero to seven, you're essentially a walking sponge absorbing everything around you. And the biggest influences in our life at that time who were observing and we're just taking in and modeling things and we're developing all of our beliefs about love, about our safety, about how the world works, about money at that age, zero to seven, we're learning that from our primary caregivers. And so you'll remember hearing things that your parents may have said about money or incidences that happen around that age. And you've decided something about how the world works because of what you observed. And so with healing, especially with like money stuff, it's like, you know, even if these things were modeled to you, like even if you grew up without a lot of financial resources or you grew up where it was like you had a parent who would make everything, make money and then spend it. And it'd be this like up and down cycle or money was always tight or whatever. It's your job to say, okay, I'm going to heal and forgive what was modeled to me. And I'm breaking the chain here. My kids aren't going to experience this, you know, like I am changing the entire dynamic around this for myself first. And it's going to trickle into my family. It ends with me. And so that's really, you know, the work that I started doing right away with Valeria was a lot of healing. And here's the thing. When you go on a healing journey, your ego is going to flare up at the beginning because your ego wants to keep you really comfortable and cozy. And the way it does that is it convinces you that you don't need to change or that there's going to be danger by you changing. So one of the clever things the ego will do is it will say, oh, you've already done this. You went to therapy for this. Oh, you, you did a program where you had to do a workbook and you journal on this already. You don't need this. And so what was different about working with Valeria is a lot of this was a body experience. So there was a lot of healing that she did, um, that she helped me do with, you know, live sessions with her and breath work. And it was not on a mental level. So I had been doing everything on a mental level up until that point, like journaling and, uh, you know, programs and digging up memories, but the, 
like everything lives in your body. So we really healed things through my body. And right away, it was very clear the root of these panic attacks, especially which related to driving. The root cause of these panic attacks, it was not, it had nothing to do with driving. It manifested and got my attention through driving. It showed up and like really, you know, was very intrusive around driving. So I would pay attention and finally heal this. And what it was, was a fear of losing control. A fear of losing control. And yes, it showed up in driving, but it showed up in almost every area of my life. It's also part of the reason why I chose to stop drinking alcohol five years ago, nearly five years ago. Well, over five years ago. And then I started for a few months. And then I would say 20, it was like January, 2019 was when I officially stopped that fear of losing control. And I would with driving, I felt like I don't have control. And I had created this narrative of like, yeah, an accident can happen anytime. Oh my gosh. You know, it's so life is so fragile and like driving one false move and you can kill yourself, kill someone like that's where I went, but it had nothing to do with driving. It had everything to do with the fear of loss of control. So I got to heal a lot around that. And when I started, you know, the journey with Valeria, I was in acceptance of, okay, I'm not driving. It wasn't, I'm never driving again, but I stopped making myself wrong for it. So I was able to let go of embarrassment and shame and go, okay, this is where I'm at. Like, this is the lesson God has me in right now. This is happening right now for a reason. I'm not a bad person. I'm not going backwards this is happening for me. And I don't see myself never driving again, but this is where I'm at right now. And it's okay. It's okay. I'm not driving. And I just let myself, I stopped fighting it. I stopped fighting my reality. And you will find so much peace when you just accept what is and what's happening. Like, okay, I'm not driving right now. Cool. So now that I'm not beating myself up over that, I had so much space to change things. Okay. So I'm going to now share about things I did to get myself back to the place. I forgot to tell you at the beginning of this podcast. So now I drive on freeways. I've driven from, um, we were traveling from Arizona to California over the summer. I drove four and a half hours of that. And some of it at night in the dark, um, on freeways where there was construction barricades, I drive, you know, on freeways with ease. Like I can be, so my boyfriend Ryan and I, we are nomadic right now. So we'll be in different cities and I'll, you know, find the yoga studio and I'll just, you know, be able to drive it, not knowing, you know, having never driven on these roads before. I'm just, I trust myself. I'm like, okay, I'm going to drive. So forgot to share where I'm at now. Um, I went right into the story, but I'm going to share with you how I was able to really heal this and get myself back to the place where I could drive again. So let's dive into that. So it was interesting because I even got a little too comfortable and cozy with not driving because sometimes when we're playing small or we're settling, we'll get really comfortable in that. And we'll always choose what's comfortable versus the uncomfortable. So 
on some level, I got comfortable with seeing myself as someone who doesn't drive. And I got comfortable with that just being my reality. And with that too, I didn't really have anything pushing me. I, it wasn't like, I was like, oh, I really want to take this vacation or, ooh, I want to go visit this person. I just didn't really have anything. Okay. And that also, I feel like got into me feeling low key depressed that I didn't have, you know, I just my again, the way I describe it is my life got really small. And so Ryan ended up saying, you know, are we going to practice driving? Let's practice driving here. And we would do little practices, but it felt, it almost felt like, not that I was doing it for him, but it was this thing of like, well, I guess I should practice. Like there wasn't that burning desire. And that is why when it comes to transforming your life, when it comes to growing your business, when it comes to really any area where there's growth available, you have to want it for yourself. Like period, nobody can want it enough for you. And so it's one of those things too. Like if you're really wanting to help someone in your life change and you're like, oh, I want them to listen to this podcast episode and, you know, do this coach's training and all this, like they have to have that desire within their self because someone doing something for you, it's always going to have a shelf life, meaning they don't have that intrinsic desire. So what ended up happening was I not only, you know, life was really small, I started to get very bored and I got really bored with my, um, exercising there, there was a gym in the community I lived in. So I would go to the gym and it just, there were a lot of days where I wasn't even live leaving the community I was in. And so I just felt very like, wow, my life is so small, but what am I going to do? And I don't have anywhere else I want to go. And then it hit me, Valerie, you were so happy for up until the pandemic from like 2014 to 2020, you religiously did hot yoga classes. You love yoga sculpt. You love core power yoga. Like you love that studio. So what if you did that again? And I was really attached to, well, the closest core power yoga is five miles away and it's a really heavy construction zone. And that would just be too far for me to drive. And then I found a hot yoga studio up the street and the first class was free. And I was like, okay, let me, what if I can drive there? And I got so excited and I was like, I'm going to drive to this yoga studio because the classes were kind of early in the morning, like 830 in the morning. And Ryan doesn't wake up until like nine, he sleeps in and he has his morning rituals. And I really saw, I was like, I don't want to depend on him. And I, I won't be able to take this class if I have to depend on him. So I'm going to drive here. And I had practiced driving before. Um, and it was like, I knew the way there was no freeways. It was plenty of places to pull off. And so I just gave myself this micro test of like, Valerie, you, you can drive here. You can do this. I had a why I had somewhere I wanted to go because I knew I would feel so good going here. And it was purely for me. So that was the first, the first victory was me driving to this yoga studio, you know, five, six minutes away and getting to take a yoga class and getting to experience freedom again. So after that, I knew that I needed to 
really figure out how to incorporate driving in my daily life beyond just this yoga studio. So the first thing that I did was, okay, giving myself a why. So going to these yoga classes. And if you follow me on Instagram, I post on my story all the time. I'll like do a boomerang of me after my class, (laughs) my yoga classes that really brought back so much happiness to my life of getting out of the house, going to this class, exercising. Like it felt very, very good to do that. And what I did was really focused on all the times that I successfully drove because what I realized I had done was I was discrediting myself and holding myself really small and holding myself as this person who couldn't drive and who was a danger. And I had to remember, okay, Valerie, that was one experience you had, but think of all the times that you successfully drove. You've never been in an accident, knock on wood. You've never fainted. The only time I remember ever fainting in my life, you're going to laugh at this. So <laughs> um, I remember it was my junior year of high school and there was a, uh, like a snowboard company called SWAT, S-W-A-T. And it stood for like summer, winter active trips or something. And basically it was like a big party experience where you during like winter break, you would go like you would take a bus like it was this program you would take a bus and there would be a hotel and you could go to snowboard like in utah um or no it was mammoth it was mammoth (laughs) so we would go to mammoth um and it was really exciting to go because i could snowboard and it was like all these kids from high school and different high schools staying at one hotel it was a giant party it was so fun and i got a big cold right before we were going to leave. And so I was like, I can't miss this trip. Oh my gosh. I'm going to load up on day quill during the day, night quill at night, just repeat, repeat, repeat the days leading up to this trip so I can get better in time. And I remember just taking day quill, like night quill, and then I'd wake up, take day quill. And my friend stopped by my house and was dropping off snowboarding clothes for me. And I remember feeling lightheaded when I went to meet her in the driveway. And then she, she's like, here's the like snowboarding clothes. And I'm like, thanks. And then I turned to walk back up the driveway. This is at the house I grew up in. And I just remember feeling dizzy. And next thing I know, I had fallen on the ground, open, busted my chin open. She's like, Oh my God, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm totally good. I'm fine. I'm obviously, I'm like basically drugged up, but from day quill, night quill, like I'm like bleeding from my chin. I <laughs> come into the house, I get blood on the walls. I'm like, mom. Um, and I, I don't remember. I think I did have to get my chin sealed. Like I had to go to urgent care, have it sealed up, but by the grace of God, I was better in time and I got to go on this trip. And so that is the only time I have actually fainted in my life. And so I'm like, okay, Valerie, you, you're not someone who faints. Like I had to remember that. I was like, you're in good health. This hasn't happened. You know, your mom has epilepsy. So that likely scares you. It is not hereditary. You have never had a seizure before. Like, you know, just because your mom went through an experience where she couldn't drive anymore in her forties, that doesn't mean it's going to happen to you. So I had to untangle that. Where had I subconsciously accepted that that was my fate? Because I have a choice. 
And I can either choose to keep going down this path, or I could choose to be that woman who drives, who's independent, who has driven a lot of time, who, you know, can switch off with her partner and not always have him have to drive, who can run errands, who can um, visit her grandparents. Like that's who I got to see myself as. So it was an identity shift. And then just choosing the identity of like, I'm a road warrior. I used to be a road warrior. Now I'm a road warrior. Like I'm a road warrior. And I really tried that on. And so that shift of going from I'm this fragile, incapable person to no, I'm like, I'm a really great driver. Like I had to really practice that identity because that was true, but I was choosing to believe the other identity because I was so you know, scared about what had happened, but I had to really heal that, you know, from the big episode that I had in May of 2022. I also had to really learn what my triggers were. Okay. So the other part of that story with the night that the big panic, the, the big panic attack happened while I was driving. And I told you, I went to Chili's and had that big sugary drink. Okay. That is something that can cause me to kind of wig out a little bit. When I have sugar, I shouldn't drive after. And that's something we've even learned now as I've been more comfortable driving. Like if Ryan and I have gotten ice cream and then I drive after, that's when I can kind of get freaked out in my head. So it's like, okay, no sugar. Um, Lack of sleep is another trigger. So if I'm feeling sleep deprived or really tired, I don't drive because I know that I'm when I'm in a lower energetic state like that, I'm more likely to get kind of freaked out and swept up in emotions and scared. And so that was a big thing. I was like, hey, I'm not doing that. Um, and also me really like taking time to ground my energy. So not being in a rush to go out the door, but being I I really needed to kind of like ground myself. So if I was like, okay, you're going to be driving at 9 a.m. Okay, it's 8.30. What do we get to do? We get to meditate. We get to um, make sure you have food, like basically preparing myself for driving just so I could know within myself, hey, Valerie, physically, you're good. There's nothing physically working against you. It's in your mind. And so I chose to see all of this being in my mind as a good thing. Okay. Cause you know, if you've ever had panic attacks and someone's like, oh, it's in your head that can feel really frustrating. And I decided to give myself power around that where I was like, okay, great. So if I can in my head in through my mind, create a reality where I believe I can't drive and where I can make myself so small and scared and create a reality where I'm not driving and create a reality where I think I'm going to faint every time I drive because of my thoughts, because of my head, then I can create the opposite, right? Then I can create a reality where I am driving with ease and I am really good at driving and I am really calm and I have control. Cool. I think I'm going to create that. And so I just really decided and got behind that and decided, you know, I think I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm going to create this. So On top of that, just deciding that what also happens is, and I still do this when I drive, and this is something I had to really lean into when I started driving again, Um, especially when we would be like Arizona, for example, we stayed in Scottsdale for the greater part of a month in August. And 
I was driving to my yoga, like a yoga studio in that area. And it was roads and freeways I had never done before. And sometimes my mind wanted to get crazy and go, oh my gosh, you're at this red. Oh, that was another trigger to red lights. So basically when I'm not moving, so when you're at a red light, you're not moving. That's when I would start to get swept up in worry thoughts and start to feel sensations of being lightheaded and panicked at a red light where I'm just stopped. And it's like, you know, oh my gosh, I can't go. I'm just, I'm here again. It's that back to the lack of control, fear of lack of control and me going, I can't go anywhere. And then I would start to get this panicked feeling, but then it's like the light would turn green and it would be like, okay, I'm fine. So I started doing this thing where I focused on what's useful, what's not useful. So I focused on thoughts I was having and deciding, is this useful right now? So let's say I would have a thought around my, uh, let's say I would have a thought around when I'm driving oh my gosh, I think I'm going to be lightheaded. I would just go to myself. I'd be like, is that useful right now for driving? Is that valuable? No. Okay. What would be a more useful thought that I'm in control, that I'm good, that I'm awake, that I'm really safe. Okay. That's more useful. And I would just start to rationalize with my brain and go, Hmm, that's not useful. What would be more useful? Because I realized it's not valuable for me to get myself in this panic and tizzy and have to pull over or, you know, have this big freak out. That's actually not valuable. And I started to see the thoughts that would start that would cause me to get, you know, panicked. And I would just interrupt it and go, Hmm, that's not valuable. And so that was me really breaking the the conditioning I had created for myself where I felt like, Oh, I just have these thoughts and I get swept up and it's like, no, that wasn't the reality I was going to claim anymore. Something I think I jumped over is that there were times before I drove to the yoga studio, I would practice driving with Ryan. Like if we would go out to eat, he'd be like, do you want to try to drive to the restaurant? And I, it was crazy because I would drive to the restaurant and I just knew in my head, I was like, Valerie, (laughs) you can do this. Like you would totally be able to do this. If, if Ryan wasn't here, like, you know, you could do this if you needed to, why are you playing small? And then something I also uncovered was there was a benefit I was receiving of being supported. Like I liked being supported and taken care of during this whole thing of like, Oh, I get to be driven and, you know, people step up and support me. There, I had to be willing to give that up though and go, okay, Valerie, so what would actually be better than you not driving and receiving support with people helping out? What would actually feel better? And I realized it'd feel better to drive. It'd feel better to be self-sufficient. So that's also something too, if you have experienced you know, anxiety, panic attacks, where it requires other people to step up and support you, whether that be emotional comfort acts of service, helping you out. Um, Maybe you get off the hook of doing certain things. I don't know what that is, but you also want to look at, okay, where am I getting this kind of false reward from this? And what would be available if I let go of this pattern? What would actually be better than this? And that's something that really helped me. 
something that is very supportive for me that I still do. And I'll never stop doing this is I work with angels and I like to quote unquote, hire an angel to protect me as I'm about to drive. So this is something that is from a book. It's called Hiring the Heavens by Jean Slatter. And I also want to shout out Amanda Merritt. She's on Instagram at Amanda Merritt. She's an amazing spiritual teacher. And this is a concept that she works with. She works with angels a lot. And she, on her story, posted about it one day and was like, this is this book is amazing. The Hiring the Heavens book. You know, I hire angels. Like she was flying on an airplane and she's like, oh, you know, there was turbulence and I hired an angel and like the turbulence stopped and we got there safely. I was like, what is this? So basically with hiring an angel, you have spiritual beings who are available at your fingertips whenever you need them, who are ready to step in and assist you. You just have to ask for help. It's not that your guardian angel won't step in and protect you if something, you know, if you're in danger, but what they'll do is these guardian, these, these angels, they can help you with literally anything. So you can send angels to help someone who's sick. You can send angels to help you with driving. You can send angels to help you with business. You can send angels to help you with a client session. I mean, it's really endless. So I started hiring angels. So right when I would get in my car, I would go, all right, bringing Archangel Michael here. He's the Archangel protection. So I would imagine his light wrapping around my car. And then I would hire an angel and I'd say, all right, I'm hiring an angel to help me get to my yoga class with complete ease and help me get there on time, help me be very safe, help this be a really easy experience. And then I would just have this satisfaction in my body of like, I'm good. The angels are on it. And of course, I'm an amazing driver because that was the identity I had to reinstill within myself. And then of course I would get to the yoga studio or wherever I was going with complete ease because I knew that angels were there to support me. And so that is something if you are at the point where you're really wanting to heal from panic attacks, or you're really wanting to like have support outside of a mental level, outside of your own awareness, I, I would work with angels and it's very simple. You can just talk to your angels because you have angels around who are literally just sitting on their hands waiting for you to give them something to do. They want to help you and support you. We just don't think to do that because we're so in the 3D. We're so in our human. And I do this all the time. And to be transparent with you, it was it was almost a month ago where I took a yoga class and I'm in the yoga studio. And it was, it was right after Thanksgiving. It was that Monday after the Thanksgiving, like holiday and weekend. And this class was packed to the brim where people were literally sardined next to each other. It's a very small room. And the way the mats were positioned, I look and I go, holy crap, if I needed to leave, I don't know how I could get to the door because this person's here, this person's here. How would I step through them? And I started to feel panic creep in. And I go, okay, Valerie, well, you have some options. You can leave the class, which I know you don't want to do, or you can talk to your angels, hire an angel. So I'm in child's pose, starting to panic. And I hire an angel and I go, you know, 
please help me do this yoga class. Please. It's for my highest good to be here right now. Please help me feel calm. Please help me change my focus. Please help me be okay. Please help me be grounded. And then within moments, the feeling of panic went away and I just felt completely present and had a great class and I didn't need to step out. And I saw, you know, obviously I was like, if you really need to leave Valerie, you can, but I don't think you're going to need to. And I know that so much of that came from me working with angels. So that's something you can definitely try out for yourself with even outside of panic attacks, just hiring an angel, giving them tasks to do. There's nothing formal you need to do. You don't need to say a prayer or have Palo Santo or anything like that. Like it's as easy as right now when you're listening to this episode, whatever you want support with, hire an angel right now. Just try it out. Now, the last thing I want to share that really helped me was having my partner be really available where he, whenever I would drive somewhere, he would have his phone on so I could call him just in case I started getting panicked because talking to him really supported me where I felt like my brain was almost like, well, if you're on the phone with him, nothing bad can happen. And so, you know, I would call him. So I, he would know when I was leaving somewhere and I'd say, okay, have your phone in case I need to call you. And sometimes I would call him. I'd be like, I'm, I'm getting lightheaded. And he'd just remind me you're safe, breathe. Sometimes he would, what helped was him asking me a question. So it's helpful for me So that's another thing is what was helpful was me talking because I'm focused on what I'm saying versus freaking out about driving. So he, (laughs) Ryan would be like, what's your favorite thing? Like, what are your favorite things about Bugga? That's our dog. So I'd be like, oh, I love how he cuddles. Like I love when his nose is wet. I love how he follows me everywhere. I love this, the licking sound he makes when he's about to go to sleep. I love that he gives me hugs. And then before I knew it, it was like, I was so focused on that. And then the light would turn green or, you know, I'd get to wherever I was going and I wouldn't, it would just really help almost de-escalate what could have been a panic situation. So he would, and then I, he would, you know, sometimes he'd ask me like, what are you most grateful for? And so for you, if you have any driving related anxiety or panic or anything that you do where, you know, okay, I've had a panic attack doing this in the past or in this situation in the past. See if you could have somebody on board and prepared, whether that be a parent, whether that be a friend, somebody who can just answer the phone and talk to you and and help kind of de-escalate the situation. So, and you can kind of train this person. So you could say, you could text them and go, you know, I'm about to drive, I might call you, or I'm about to step into this social situation. I might need to call you, can you be available? And tell them, kind of give them the rundown of, okay, if I call you, here's what's going to support me. And so again, for me, that was me just taking my focus off of what I was doing and obviously still being present to the road and stuff. Like I was still focused on driving, but I wasn't so fixated on what could go wrong and getting myself into this tizzy, like taking myself from zero to a hundred for something that's actually not a panic where I'm at, I was safe. And so there were things that helped me and that, and Ryan and I had to experiment with this because I remember in the beginning when I would call him and I'd be like, okay, I'm kind of like panicked. What are you doing? I would ask him what he's doing. And then he starts talking and then that almost made it worse. Like me having to listen. (laughs) So 
And then I was like, okay, so when I call, that means you talk to me, you ask me questions. And it just felt, so that was also an upgrade in terms of the support, because like I was saying earlier, that part of me that liked having the support of him driving me everywhere or people going, oh, do you need me to give you a ride? And it's not that anyone was holding me small, but people were supporting me in that sense. It really, it it got to this place where it was like, okay, actually I would rather have the support and it feels better to upgrade the support where it's like, I'm doing the damn thing. I'm driving and you're there to help me in case I need anything, but I'm not depending on you because it really did. My confidence really took a hit because then I started feeling like I'm depending on a man. This happened when I wasn't driving. It was like, I have to depend on a man to drive me. And I hated that. And that's, you know, why I've always, and I will always work. I have no desire to, you know, just get to a place where I never work and never make my own money. Like that's just not me at all. And so that also was very misaligned for me where it was like, I'm depending on this man to drive me. And I got to this point where I just had to choose myself and go, Valerie, you can do this. This is available for you. If you can create this in your mind, you can create the re- the exact reality you want. So this was really fun for me to share, or I don't know if fun's the right word, but it was healing. I've wanted to share this for a while, but it just, I really wanted to, it was almost this pressure I was putting on myself. It was like, well, it has to be good. And you have to never have a panic attack again. And what I realized is that just because I, it, you know, I still can get those panicked feelings doesn't mean I'm a failure going backwards. I have more tools, but I didn't say, Hey, I'm never going to have a panic attack again. And so the more I know, the more I can educate myself around my triggers, what sets me up for success. Another thing that sets me up for success is giving myself plenty of time. So not putting myself in a position where I'm running late or you need to rush anywhere because then that adds pressure. And the whole thing is that whenever we add pressure, our subconscious mind literally interprets it as life or death. So me thinking I was going to be late, my subconscious mind is like life or death. You're going to die if you're late. Um, Life or death. Like you feel pressure driving. (laughs) Yeah. Like there's a lot of pressure to drive. And I'm at the time where I was really in this, it became this really big deal when it didn't need to be. So, you know, me again, knowing my triggers, setting myself up for success, being freaking kind to myself. That's something I want to tell you. If you are struggling with anxiety or panic attacks, be kind to yourself. You judging yourself, you shaming yourself, you making yourself wrong for your experience. That's not going to help you heal. And, you know, the planet (laughs) right now, it's already harsh enough. And so you get to be on your own team. And so kind of like parent yourself, talk to yourself, like you're that six-year-old, seven-year-old girl, where if there was any adult in your life who really helped kind of like helped you feel really positive, channel their voice and talk to yourself like that. There's something that, and I know not everyone grew up this way, but I remember something with my parents is that they would always give me like if something would happen in our family or something you know that felt scary would happen they would always give it to me in the g-rated version when i was a kid 
And to a degree, I really liked that because I didn't need to hold, you know, burdens about stuff that, you know, a kid shouldn't be holding. And so they would kind of give me the G rated version, which was like, oh, you know, your grandma's not feeling well. So she's um, in the hospital where people are helping her get better and they're, you know, treating her so she can be really healthy and she can be with you. And that made me feel good because, you know, if the reality was like, oh, your grandma's sick and we don't know what's going to happen. If they would have told me that, then I would have worried and me being worried as a little girl, that's not going to help anyone. So, you know, talking to yourself and being like, you're going to be good right now. You're just feeling a little bit of panic, but you're good. You're, you're strong. You've done this so many times. You've got this, like being that voice for yourself is everything. And it's going to help you so freaking tremendously, so freaking tremendously. So I hope that this was helpful for you. This is obviously really different from episodes I record normally where I come with a very, you know, not intense notes, but I'll come with talking points and I want to leave you with tangible things. And this just felt like something I really wanted to speak on. And I trust that it's going to reach the right people and people who might need to hear this. And I just want you to know that if you're in this experience right now where you're dealing with panic and anxiety, I just want you to know there's life after this. And if you truly want something, if you truly want a different reality for yourself, you can have it. You can have it. And I want you to even try on seeing yourself as that person in that different reality and stepping into that identity. And I want you to know that even if it's a diagnosed thing, this isn't you. It's not who you actually are. So please remember who you are. You are strong. You can create anything you want. And remember, if you've created the scenario that doesn't feel good, you can also create the scenario that feels amazing. That is 1000% available for you. So please, you know, let me know if this episode landed with you. I always love to hear on Instagram. If you send me a DM, my handle is at the mindful babe. And just let me know, um, you know, if this episode spoke to you, if it was helpful. And if you know anybody who struggles with anxiety, panic attacks, maybe even driving related stuff, because I did share about this over the summer. I think it was in August. I made a post saying, oh my gosh, I drove like, and I, I shared a little bit and I got so many people actually messaging me saying, wow, I went through this too, or I'm going through this now. And what I find is just, we can make up when we're going through struggles that we're the only one going through it. We're like, oh, everyone's got it figured out, but I don't. And that's just not true. There's a lot of people who you would be so surprised to know that they're also experiencing something like this too. And so if you can think of anyone who would benefit from this episode, hearing this episode, this, um, you know, just hearing me talk about this, just sharing my experience to give someone hope, give them support, please, please share it with them. Um, I definitely want this episode to reach exactly who it's meant to and who will benefit from it. And I love you so much. Thank you for tuning in and I'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Mindful Babes podcast. I hope you loved today's episode and got some takeaways from the message shared today. If anyone in your life would benefit from hearing this episode, please be generous and share it with them on your story. Tag me on Instagram at the Mindful Babe. 
And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a review on the iTunes store. Your reviews are what keeps this podcast going, and I appreciate you so very much. Have an incredible day, babe.